Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Sports Night Podcast on the Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Network. My name is Chris Yao, and as always, I'm joined by my esteemed colleague, Maurice Patton. Before we get started, I want to uh, say a special thank you to our sponsors, Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, and Custom Stone Handlers. Uh, Custom Stone Handlers believes in leadership, and outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. Contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Today, we are also joined by former major leaguer, MTSU standout, and current head baseball coach at Innsworth, Jason Maxwell. Coach, thanks for joining us. Thank you guys for having me on. It's a pleasure. Coach Maxwell just got off the field from a camp over at Innsworth, and um, it's a name that he's not from Columbia. We've done a pretty good job of bringing in folks with Murray County ties um, in previous podcasts, but I guarantee you he's a name that's familiar to a lot of folks down here. Lewisburg native, um, as you said, Chris, MTSU standout, but before that, three-sport standout over at Marshall County High School, and I'm sure that he... um, did a little damage during his days over this way as well. Mm -hmm. Is that that safe to say, Jason? Uh, It was fun playing over there down in Columbia. A lot of fun. (laughs) I have a lot of friends and and some relatives over there, so it was always fun. That was a big rivalry back in my days, man, I'll tell you. You know, it was always big whenever having a chance starting in middle school to play Columbia teams. Uh, Starting with Withorn and then going and playing against Central was always a ton of fun and then Spring Hill joined I think my senior year um, joined our district so you know playing playing those guys was always a ton of fun because you had so many friends. Uh, Jason I, I I had the good fortune of, of seeing you at a number of levels throughout your playing career um, going back you were that guy at Lewisburg that, that had the opportunity to play whatever you wanted to come out of high school. And as we've gotten into, you know, a, a day of specialization and that kind of thing, athletes such as yourself have become fewer and farther between. Looking back at your career and looking at the state of high school athletics now, you know, what are your feelings about that? Man, you know, it's funny. That's a conversation that comes up a lot. Um, I, I know I enjoyed all three sports, man. I mean, and whatever sport was in play was during that season is what I loved the most. So, you know, to see now so much specialization going on, not just, you know, in our areas, throughout the country. And it's very rare that you will find kids to play three sports, let alone two sports. Um, so, you know, everybody's kind of specializing in, in what they love. And, and I, I got to understand because, you know, there's so much going on with the recruiting has changed over the years and, you know, you know, being seen is such a big thing with social media. Uh, so, you know, you don't want to miss out on chance. If you love baseball, if you love basketball, football, what, whatever sport you love. Um, but I, I wish you could go back because I just love seeing kids compete. You know, for myself, I took something out of all three. You know, with, with football, you know, I took the aggression, um, you know, part of it. You know, you got to be a little gritty to play football. Uh, with baseball, you know, the, the chance of not succeeding all the time. You know, we talk about you know, you can fail seven out of ten times and you still be successful in baseball. So, you know, baseball's a game of failure is always how you overcome, you know, you have to deal with adversity so much in, in baseball. And then basketball, I just love the pure joy of that. I think basketball is probably my favorite. 
uh, growing up, it could probably be my favorite today to watch on television. But and I just took something out of all three, man. And I think kids miss that today. I miss that opportunity to to do so many things that we grew up doing. It's very rare. You know, you go to a football game and, you know, you, you, you see all these kids playing. And, but then you look in the stands, you say, man, look at that kid. He needs to be playing football. Or you go to a basketball game, you know, again. I mean, I go to a basketball game and, you know, so many of these guys, you know, five foot nine, five foot ten, you know, have these basketball aspirations. You know, they could be great defensive backs or, you know, guys in the slot. Or you may put them in center field or shortstop. You, you never know. Uh, so it is rare. But then sometimes you have your special cases where I do understand uh, today where you have some special cases. You know, we had a kid here at Innsworth um, a few years ago um, that's probably going to be number one, two, or three pick in the NBA draft, James Wiseman. Um, this 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 summer, um, whenever the draft's going to be, you know that's a special case. I understand that. I mean, he's seven feet. He don't need to play anything else. But unless you're a special case, man, I, I think you really should play all three. Not only for getting something out of being a part of something, um, sportsmanship. You know, having those develop those relationships that are lifelong relationships. I mean, I, the guys I grew up with at home that I played three sports with, we're still best friends today. Um, so, no, I would never take anything back. I don't regret playing three sports one bit. Obviously, I, I try to encourage all the kids to play, even my own boys. I try to encourage them to play uh, as much as possible. And when you hear a guy like a Tim Corbin talk about the value of playing multiple sports and you see a Sonny Gray who came through that program who was a yeah. uh, two-time state championship quarterback, I mean, the 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 – evidence is there that you can play multiple sports and still be successful at your chosen sport. You know, it's funny if you look at, you know, you look at the NFL draft and you watch how many of those guys played multiple sports. It's very interesting to see, you know, I, where I'm from Dante Hightower was one heck of a basketball player, a heck of a basketball player. And his NFL career is going to turn out to be okay. Uh, Sonny Gray was a heck of a football player um, in Smyrna. David Price was a heck of a basketball player at Blackman. So you can go on and on and keep naming guys. And, you know, the model is there. Derek Jeter for baseball, he was a heck of a basketball player. A-Rod played three sports. Um, now I can go on and on and keep naming. but you Well, know, you, there's, there's one that you need to name in case he sees this. Um, Corn Elder over at your place. He played two sports. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. All right. So we're not going to mention him then. Huh? I, I tell you what, Corn, seriously. I, I tease him about that, but Corn Corn could have easily played. His third sport would have been baseball. I'm not sure that he would have been great at that. He he was so talented uh, at that. It's just it's crazy. But uh, his football and basketball talent, and now he's with the you know with the Panthers. And, he, and basketball is his favorite sport. And look how he ended up. He's in the NFL. I think this is probably year five. We have another kid here uh, named Connor McDermott, um, who was Mr. Basketball. He played the same. He was a year older than Corn, I think. And he was Mr. Basketball. Now he's in his like his fifth or sixth year with the New York Jets. So I mean, that just goes to show you, man. You know, you can't put all your eggs in one basket. You know, you just got to try to play them all. You know, to try to play them all. I mean, we got a kid now in Tennessee that's here. Keyshawn Lawrence is one heck of a basketball player. Now he's you know freshman at, at Tennessee. So yeah, you, know, you just never know. I, I'm I'm just not a fan of putting all your eggs in one basket. You have the opportunity to play them all. Go out there and do it. Especially nowadays, when you know, it, it seems like getting to play anything would be great. So <laughs> you're missing out. You're missing out. Man. 
I mean, if, if, you, if you're specializing in football right now, baseball's playing. So, hey, <laughs> maybe you pick it, maybe you pick it that's, up. That's the only game <laughs> down right now is baseball. So, you know, and football is, you know, up in the air, I guess. You know, I'm not – I don't know much about more than anybody else, but it seems like it's up in the air. So, I mean, it's a great chance to, you know, see what else you can do, man. I mean, it's, I know people down in, down in the southern middle Tennessee area. Um, I mean, those, we have talent down there. Plenty of talent, and guys can play multiple sports, man. It just kills me to see guys focusing on one. You know, it's so much talent. I just think it would make not only them better as people, uh, it would also make the sports seem better. I think people, we're as fans, we have, we're missing out on seeing some great talent playing in at different sports. I mean, Maurice been covering me since I was in sixth or seventh grade, um, so we go way, way, way back. Uh, so you know, those relationships don't develop you know, without, without sport. So playing three sports, man, or playing multiple sports, you can't beat it. You know, Jason, we, we talked about the state of what is and what isn't going on right now. Your professional sport of baseball is um, trying to get off the ground. Yeah. What, what do you think as you look at, at them in spring training 2.0 and, seeing who is opting out of this season and and what are your thoughts about whether or not they're actually going to be able to give this thing yeah you know i haven't seen today i've actually i've been here all day at camp so i haven't seen any news today on on any more tests or anything but you know it seems like more and more players are testing positive you know every day so it's a scary it's a scary thing and you know you look at you know david price you know opted out over the weekend and um, nick marcakis opted out today really and I, you know, I saw Mike Trout, the best player in baseball. You know, he's talking about it. he's got, you know, his wife is pregnant. So, I mean, you got to take all those things into consideration. This is a time, I mean, you know, the the time of uncertainty with everything going on around us. Um, so, you know, you got to do what's best for your family um, and things like that because during this time, you know, sports is kind of secondary, you know, to health and safety. I don't think there's any question there. What have you seen out of uh, locally and in your area as far as that goes? Have you seen a lot of the individuals making that decision for themselves? Well, you know, being that I'm pretty hands-on with baseball, uh, I mean, it seems like, you know, I know pretty much all of my guys are playing summer baseball. Um, so it, it's definitely interesting. And I, and I actually went out to a couple games just to observe and everything. It seems like everybody's going through the proper protocols and, and things like that. But they're pretty. I mean, they're going on as planned, and they're enjoying it. Um, it, it seems like I haven't seen many um, people opt out. You know, not around around, around here. Uh, well, I will tell you one family that, that has opted out. Uh, my eight, no, sorry, my ten year old, he opted himself out. So, <laughs> yeah, how about that? His uh, his league was supposed to start a few weeks ago, and. Uh, his team, they're not playing now, but he definitely opted himself out. He's, you know, he's a smart dude. So he, he opted out on, on his own, whereas my, um, my 16-year-old, he opted himself in for AAU basketball. So it's kind of funny, um, differences. But uh, and we kind of talked to them about it. But my 10-year-old is one that when he makes a decision, it's not, you know, he's going with it. And whereas daddy, I've been like, let's go, dude, you're playing. But he opted out, so. It's good. His team decided not to play it anyway, so it's not a bad deal. We are here with Lewisburg legend Jason Maxwell, one of the few people I know who has a street name for him <laughs> in his hometown. So, um, 
Jason, um, you're, you're just coming out of camp. How has, um, how has your camp been relative to what it's been like in previous years in light of everything that's going yeah. on? Well, today was our first day. Uh, you know, you know, we just came back from the day period, obviously. So today was the first day. We, we didn't do camps in June. So this is my um, little camp. We call it Little Sluggers Camp. So whereas I usually have close to 100, 110 kids at camp, <laughs> so we, we limited here at Innsworth, we limited to 25 camp, 25 campers. So it's definitely a different feel to it. Um, rather than have kids all over the place, I only have 20. Actually, I only have 20 in this camp and then I have another one next week. Um, so it's different. But, you know, you got to be proper protocol. You know, I have my counselors. We wear masks. Uh, we put them in groups, uh, so they're not kind of overlapping. The kids aren't overlapping each other as much. So you're definitely aware of everything. Uh, just trying to do the proper protocols. We're wiping the balls down, you know, whatever, man. You know, spreading the kids out, even in the batting cages. Everything we're doing, we're kind of spreading them out and trying, trying to do it. But, you know, I'm telling six- to eight-year-olds how to do this thing. Well, five- to eight-year-olds. So, you know, they're listening kind of doo-doo, and they're in and out. But they did a pretty good job on day one. So we'll look forward to see how day two goes. But it's a different Coach. deal this year. <laughs> uh, I'm sure. Um, just overall, when you, you know, you think about going back through the spring and not being able to play <laughs> and then having to deal with this summer, how, how will that affect – even the spring sports, we know how it's, it's really going to affect fall sports, but it's going to affect you guys as well, uh, even coming back next spring. It is, man. It's definitely, I mean, I mean, you got to think, I've been involved in baseball a long time, um, and this was definitely something, I mean, I'm probably, I've walked more holes in our floor at home than I just pace a lot. And, you know, you having to tell kids that they're not going to have a season, um, that's hard, man. It, it was definitely hard. And, you know, we had a lot of Zoom calls to do whatever we could, you know, to make sure we stay in touch. And we have group texts going, but it's definitely hard not seeing the kids. You know, competition is tough, but, you know, those relationships that we build with these kids as coaches, um, you know, you, you, can't, you don't lose a relationship, but you lose that face-to-face -face with them every day. And I think that was the toughest part for me. It's not been around these guys every single day, man. It, it was definitely a struggle because I definitely missed them. Uh, so what we've done this summer is on Tuesdays and Thursdays, um, we've been coming in um, and we come in for an hour and a half and we hit, and you know, just kind of for next year's group and kind of getting those guys back going a little bit, um, kind of building our team camaraderie. But it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough because still, I mean, we're still in the unknown, man. Um, you know, the unknown phase. So hopefully, I mean, spring's a long way off, but, you know, I kind of sympathize with these football coaches um, with, that you know you just don't know what's going to happen and, you know, we've already lost a season at least they still have a couple of months away before they have to you know before the season starts but you know I, I definitely sympathize with those guys because this is not fun it is definitely not and you don't get that year back you know so to speak you know you you miss out and these kids that you know I had five seniors and two only two are going to play college baseball and so I have three guys who are not going to play baseball ever again and for it to end on that note is something that, you know, that you live with. You know, you just trying to go back and think about what else could I have done and, you know, make sure you checked all the boxes, so to speak. Not only check the boxes, but follow through it. Um, it it's tough. It's definitely tough. You missed a senior appreciation day, nights, and 
whatever. So it's all, all tough, man. You miss those rival games. They're not going to get a chance to play their rival games, get a chance to play for a state championship or whatnot. So it's definitely tough. You know, Jason, you talked about having five seniors, two of three of whom, three are going on to play two, college ball. Two, two this year. Two are going two, to play college two. ball. Um, of those other three, were those guys that had they played a senior season, had they gotten that exposure, do you feel like they would have had an opportunity? You know, they they um, they no, none of those three would have played college baseball, which is um, the good thing about it because I mean. Whereas our two seniors were already squared away in their college decisions as far as baseball goes, I look at so many other players that were depending on this year, and they didn't never get that they never got that opportunity and, and my heart goes out to those guys because you know it's hard for coaches to go on hearsay and, and those guys lost that opportunity to prove to you know to college coaches and even now you know I look at summer baseball whereas summer baseball and you guys know this is taking over far as you know, college coaches have been able to see, and now coaches can't even come out until September. So the, the rising seniors are who are still, you know, whereas today you have so many kids committing to early age, but you still have seniors out there who are hoping to use this summer as a chance to be seen, and they're not having that opportunity with college coaches. So this is tough, man. It's tough when you're thinking about next-level stuff. It's definitely tough. And when you look at – you know what college rosters are going to look like this this 2021 year and that kind of thing. This is something that's going to have a far-reaching effect. I mean, at a four-year school, you've got five years worth of kids, and if somebody redshirted, heck, you got six years worth Absolutely. of kids theoretically on on a roster. I mean, it's 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 going to reverberate, I would think, for quite some time past this. It, it is crazy. I mean. I think, you know, I have a lot of kids, right, and we have 10 kids out in college baseball world right now. Um, and so, you know, just from talking to them, they all, they're all getting this year back. Um, but what they're telling me is most of the guys who, are sen who were seniors, they're not coming back. Not all, but most aren't coming back. You know, I think a lot of guys are like, okay, I played my four years, some maybe five in some cases. I'm ready to move on to my next chapter in life. But then you get some, you start getting a log jam, and then that has a ripple-down effect down to our high school levels and, you know, guys are going in college, you know, you look at these SEC schools, their numbers, you know, how are you going to get all these kids, you know, uh, who, who decide to come back? Then you got to factor in the guys who are already there. Then you got these certain amount of kids that sign. So it's tough, man. The numbers, it's going to be tough. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how this all pans out with, with the numbers. Cause I'm sure, I mean, who knows now, but I'm sure there were a lot of transferring going on. Um, throughout the course of the summer and spring, stuff like that. So it's going to be interesting. And, and that doesn't take into effect teams like Furman who, you know, get yeah, rid of their baseball program. That's, I mean, that's 25, 30 kids right there who are, who can play division one baseball. We know they can because they have been. Yes. So, I mean, think of all the places that they, you know, those, those type things, it's just going to be a, a massive influx of kids at a lot of different places. It's going to be lot, very weird. And, you know, you, you take that into account, you know, kids all over the place. I mean, I know a kid that played at Furman, and he he was at Pope John Paul, and now he, he just finished his freshman year and dang the pitcher. So, and I forgot, he just signed with somebody, so he's sad. But, you know, I was like, how's that kid? I mean, as talented as he is, you know, college baseball is missing a lot of good baseball players because of, of this effect. So, you think about that, man. It is – you know, I know I'm talking about my one sport, baseball, but it is tough, definitely tough on the spring sports. 
definitely tough. And I hate to see this for happen um, for the fall guys. I just have to ask one quick question. I have yeah. to ask one quick question. I don't know, yeah. and this is going to be completely off the rails as far as, but I'm curious because you, in your major league career, you played in two of the most unique venues as your home venues at Wrigley Field. <laughs> yeah. And you played in Minnesota. Yeah. And completely different in the fact that Wrigley is unique in that it's Wrigley Field. But Minnesota was – was the roof really that big of a deal? It was, was it as big of a deal as it makes? It is more than that big of a deal. I can tell <laughs> you, I cannot make it up. I mean, literally, we would come in, um, you know, obviously when we go on a long road trip, say like a seven or ten day road trip, whatever, whatever, we would always come back and we would always have to come back early, practice, practice um, early on the game day just because we had to get used to the roof again because it's white. And so any fly balls to go up there, you would, you would literally lose them. There's a spot. Now, obviously, they blew it up. But if I was – if that metrodome was still there, I could go a shortstop and tell you a spot right now where you would lose the ball every single time. If it goes up in this one spot, you would lose it for a second. You would panic. I remember the first game, one of the first games I played shortstop, and the ball went up, and I panicked. I was like, oh, my gosh, I lost it. I lost it. And then it just appeared. But you just kind of – figure out your spot, but you have to really practice it. It is tough. I mean, visiting teams would really struggle, um, especially rookies, you know, guys who are never, not necessarily rookies, guys who have never played there before, their first time in there is really a struggle. It, it, is, it was tough, man. It was tough. I can remember um, I played with a guy named, this name might ring him, but Butch Husky. You guys remember Butch Husky? Absolutely. The so corner infielder in. for the Mets, among others. Yeah, yeah, he's a corner infielder with the Mets. Big old guy, and he played um, – outfield with me with the twins um my first year in minnesota in 2000 and uh, i can remember being in second playing second base and butcher play right field and i can remember he would yell max max you got all this and i would look out and he would literally be against the bag he would he was afraid of the fly balls <laughs> so i would have to go to right field to catch pop-ups i don't say pop-ups because he wouldn't come out unless it was at the bag he was not moved it was unbelievable so um that thing was yes that roof is the stories you heard. I can, yes, I can tell you they are very, very true. So, what you're saying is when they blew it up, you weren't hurt. Oh, uh, yeah, no, nah, it's okay. It's all good. I mean, <laughs> I have a lot of great memories in there, but you know, that thing, I mean, whew. And then the turf, um, when the Vikings, when the season Vikings would play, you they would play on a Sunday and we would have a Monday night, Monday game. I mean, that turf would be all torn up. So, it, it was tough, man. It, it was definitely definitely tough. You know, you hit on your twins portion of your career. Um, did you watch the um, the ESPN Thirty for Thirty a few weeks ago on Bar and Sosa? Yeah, I did, and that, you know, it's fun. I, you get, I, I was able to watch that with my my boys and kind of talk about certain things because I I lived that, and so it was fun. Do you know my story about Maurice on this? <laughs> have, have you heard he this? doesn't know it. Go ahead. You don't know this story. This is pretty no, good. This, I need to hear it. Yeah. All right, this is good. So this is um, September September 11th, 1998. You ready? All right. This is pretty good. I remember the date. I hit my first big league home run. And after the game, I go into the locker room. And who's the first person in the Cubs locker room? It's Maurice Patton. And I look, and I was like, what are you doing here? Like, he was in, he was in the locker room. I, I don't know how. Don't know what. That's so random. But, 
MT that was about as random as getting in, but that just showed we go way back. But he was MTSU was playing Illinois that weekend. And uh Maurice, I don't know how he got access to the Cubs locker room, our locker room, but he was in the locker room. <laughs> I, and I'm not talking about the corner. He was I came down, Maurice was dab smack in the middle of the locker room. And he was looking at me. And I was like, What? What are you doing here? And there he was. Right place, so, right time, baby. And, uh, <laughs> What about that? My first major league home run. That was my first major league hit. And Maurice Patton was there. And my first, that was my interview right after the game with Maurice. And that's why I love that guy. I mean, not only that, I mean, like I said, I've known him since I was in sixth, seventh grade. But um, how about that? He was right there in the locker room for me. It definitely, uh, I, I'm sure that he, you know, there was no juju brought with you, Maurice. No, I'm no sure. I didn't have nothing to do no. with it. Nothing at all. I'm just trying to figure out how he got into dugout. Hey, I mean, hey. Because that was, you got to remember, this is September 1998. So access at that time was crazy because of the home run derby that was going on, and we were in playoff contention. So there was a lot going on at that time. And, and it was against group, the Cardinals. And, and Salsa hit one that day. Salsa hit, hit one that day. And this dude is in the locker room. I can't figure that out. Like, how did he get access? Got to know people. You knew something. And it wasn't me that you had to know because I had no access at that point. Um, But it's the only the only person Maurice was worried about. The only person Maurice was worried about talking to was you too. He he, He, was worried about that Sosa Homer. Yeah, he cared about me. (laughs) No, my my guy. That's it. It's just funny. I mean, just to think about. I mean, Maurice probably was looking at that. I bet you thought, like, how did I get access that day? You look at what was going on. You know, as you look at that 30 for 30, you know, all the cameras and stuff and the media, and there's Maurice right in the dead smack of it's Sports Illustrated, ESPN, whatever, is in our locker room every single day, and there's my man Maurice Pat. It was crazy. It was crazy. It was fun to watch. I'm glad I was able to be there. And Thanks. I am glad you were able to take some time with us this afternoon, man. Um, always a pleasure yeah. talking to you. Well, you know, anything for you, man. You you know, we like I said, we go way back and. I consider you family, so anytime you call, you know I'm always I'm always game on. And thank you guys for pushing it back to give me some time to get out of camp and get back up here. I see oh, Monk Reese is calling me right now. I don't know what's going on in Lewisburg. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to he's calling me right now, so I don't know what's yeah. going on. All right. Well, hey, we appreciate it, Chris. If you want to close us out. Yeah, absolutely. Just once, just once again, I want to take a moment to thank uh, all of our sponsors, uh, Custom Stone Handlers, Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy. Uh, once again, if you want to follow us on social media, it's at SM underscore TN Sports on Instagram and Twitter. That's at SM underscore TN Sports. And then on Facebook, at SMTN Sports. Make sure you follow us there. And then SM-TNSports.com. Uh, all of the Big stories, all the stories in Southern Middle Tennessee, uh, sports-wise. We're going to be covering those on sm-tnsports.com. Subscribe for free, and you can get all of those just delivered right to your inbox. So, once again, for Maurice Patton, I'm Chris Yao. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day.